I'm pulling out the parking spot. We all know what that means. It's time for another drive to work. Okay. Yeah, I dropped my kids off at school today. Um, okay, so today I thought I was going to talk about something that I have done a lot of, um, which is leading teams. This came up in a previous podcast, and I said, you know what? This would make a good podcast. So today is all about how do you lead a team? So let me talk in context. Be aware I'm leading a creative team. Um, I'm doing design work. But I, I believe a lot of the things I'm saying are probably too for leading most teams. Um, some of the stuff I'm talking about is specific to leading a creative team. But uh, anyway, I, I believe there's a lot of takeaway even just for general teams. So starting in two weeks, although already happened by the time you hear this, I will have begun leading my 23rd design, I believe. Um, so anyway, and I've also led stuff other than just design teams. I've done a lot of mini teams and sub teams and other projects. I have led a lot of teams in my day. Um, and so one of the things I want to talk about today is what makes for good team leading. What, how, what, what do you need to do to lead a team? So I have a bunch of different things that I want to talk about. Uh, hopefully we'll get those in before I get to work. Okay, number one. And these, these aren't necessarily in any particular order other than the order I came up with them in, so be aware of there. But, uh, okay, number one, you need to provide focus and direction for your team. The role of the team lead is to make sure the team knows where they're going. What are they doing? And a big responsibility of being a team lead is making sure that your team understands where you're going. It doesn't mean they have to understand every nuance, but it does mean you want your team on board. You want your team to know what you're doing, what you're aiming for. So like in de- when I lead a design, one of the things I want to very early on establish is what is the design trying to do? What's our goal? You know, when we sat down to design Innistrad, I was very clear we were doing a top-down design. We were going to match our design to get the flavor and feel of the horror genre. When I sat down to do Ravnica, I was like, we are making the guilds come to life. We are going to build something that brings to life each of the ten two-color pairs, or four of them were in Ravnica, obviously. Um, you know, each set that I sit down with my team, I have to say to them, what are we trying to do? What is the emotion I'm trying to get out of the audience? What, what are the, you know, what, what kind of, what is the essence of what we want? Because the team, together, as a team, we're going to discover that and find it out. And so... First and foremost, I think when you lead a team, you want to make sure that you're, you are providing direction for your team. Now, another big part of it is that your team has to trust in you, believe in you. You have to have an air of confidence. You have to make your team believe like you know what you're doing. Now, you don't always know what you're doing. There's a secret behind the thing. You don't always know what you're doing, but you want to make sure your team feels confident that you, you have a, a good sense of where you're going. And a lot of giving focus and direction is saying to the team, here's what we're working toward, and I have confidence that this is going to get the, this is what we need to do. Because um, the role of the team is to help you, the lead, solve your problems. Um, but it is your job as the lead to figure out what problems you need to solve. Now, your team is a resource, and you can use your team to help solve all sorts of problems. But as a leader, what you need to do is make sure that your team is all on board and going in the same direction. And the way I try to explain this is, um, you know, let's say your team um, was, was all holding an object. If you're all going in the same direction, you'll move that object in that direction. But if one is going west, and one's going east, and one's going north, you'll not go anywhere. And a lot of that is just providing that direction of getting the whole team going in the same place at the same time. 
Okay, another thing is you want to make sure that your goals are clear. That when you're leading a team, you want to, you, it's not just you want the overall project to be clear, but you want to make sure that you break up your, your thing into small, bite-sizable chunks, and that each chunk, the team knows what it's trying to accomplish. So what it means to me is, when I have a meeting, every meeting, I start the meeting by making sure the team understands that day, what are we going to accomplish? What are we going to do? Um, and I think it's very important that you are able to break things down because even though you're giving the team a long view picture, it's important to also break down to like, okay, long term we're trying to do this thing. What are we doing today? Short term, what are we doing? And meetings work a lot better if you have a, a direction to them that sort of says, here's what I'm doing, here's what the team is doing, here's the direction we're going, here's what we're trying to accomplish today. Um, a lot of producing a good meeting. So one of the things I talk about all the time is how design is a microcosm of the macro. That the micro is the macro. Um, that is true in meetings as much as it is in the design itself, which means that every meeting is its own little micro version of what you're trying to do with the design. You want to start, you want to give focus to your team, you want to say what you want to accomplish, you want to tell them you know, what we're trying to do and what the goal is for the day, and then give them the tools to then, during the meeting, do that. So that's the next thing that's important. You need to provide the tools for your team. Whatever your team needs, you need to make sure you have the tools. Uh, in design, that a lot of that is card files or you know, if you need to have a certain structure or something figured out, you need to make sure that what the team needs is there. Um, now, once again, like I, I these days have what we call a strong second. I don't actually produce the files, but I have to tell my strong second what he, needs to, he or she needs to bring to the meeting. You know, that they... That every day, what are we doing today? What's the meeting today? Okay, we're doing, you know, meetings in design break into two things. Either you are sitting in a room talking and designing and figuring things out, or you're playtesting, usually in the pit. Um, so, I, and like I said, it's all the iterative process. You're, you're making changes or you're, you're playing what you've done to experience what you've done to see if, you know, what you need to do next. Um, and so, you really want to make sure in your meeting that each little meeting unto itself is its own little tiny design experience. You come in, you say what you want, you let the team know it, you give them the tools you need, and then you let the team do it. So, next thing which is really important is the goal of the team lead is to make the team feel as a cohesive whole. It's not... You don't want your team to feel like a bunch of individuals. You want your team to feel like a group that's come together that is working together. And a lot of that is making sure that you give your team what they need so that they can work together. And you need to set the tone as the lead that you are a group. And you want to make sure that you do plenty of things where the team gets to interact with each other. One of the things, for example, that I like to do a lot of is I like doing a lot of design in meetings. Um, and the reason for that is... When the design process is a very collaborative process. When one person comes up with an idea, somebody else will riff off that idea. And what happens is, like, for example, Industry is a good, a good thing. I talk about this all the time where we came in with some top-down, with some names, and we designed, what does a black cat do? What does an evil twin do? What does a jar of eyeballs do? What is that? And we had these neat names that uh, Jenna was the creative lead she had brought to the thing. And then we were making cards. And the funny thing is, who made Evil Twin? The whole team made Evil Twin. No one person made it. The team made it. And there's a really nice quality of when you make cards that is just, it's so collaborative in nature that it makes the team feel like the team has accomplished something. And that's really, really important. 
you want to make sure that um, that the team itself feels like it can see itself doing work. Um, now, there's a couple of different ways we do work. Um, one way is we do in-meeting stuff, like design stuff in meeting. The other is we'll do homework, where I'll ask them to do something, and I give them parameters. One of the big things about homework is you want to have a lot of detail for what you're looking for. Um, there's just some belief that the more... Um, open-ended you make it, the better it is for people, and I believe that's incorrect. I believe in general, you, I mean, you want to give your, in, in creative endeavors, your people enough information so they know what you're looking for. You want to give them some latitude to be able to make things. You don't want to be too, too concise. But in the same sense, being too open-ended also is a problem. Make me a card. It's, it's hard. Make me a wacky, blue, rare enchantment. It's a little easier. At least I have a little more focus. Um, so one of the things I like to do when you're giving a homework assignments is make sure that there is plenty of focus and then a little bit of room for people to play around to do some stuff that, of their own that might not be exactly what you're looking for. Um, but you want a lot of your homework to be very, very focused. Okay, so in the meeting, you set your tone. You try to make sure that um, everybody feels welcome and able to speak. That, that's another really important thing of, of running a meeting is you want to make sure that everybody feels empowered in the meeting and that everybody can contribute and feels like they are contributing. And that's very important. Um, one of the things, so there's this thing, uh, while I was at GDC, I saw a talk by um, Jesse Shell. So one of the things he talked about is uh, this research that's been done on the intelligence of groups. So this was very fascinating. Um, so the, I don't I don't know her name. He had her name, but there was a, there was a woman who's doing a lot of research of looking at groups and trying to figure out what exactly makes a group smarter. Um, and then cool thing about it is um, it's not. You would think, oh, is it just the individual intelligence of all the people kind of added together or average or something? No, that the intelligence of the group has, has very little to do with the intelligence of the people individually. What it has to do with is three things. Number one is the um, I, I think they call emotional intelligence, which is or, you know, uh, they call it the eye test. Can you look at someone's eyes and tell what they're feeling? So emotional intelligence means can you read other people and get a sense of how they're feeling? That's number one. Number two is not interrupting. This is an important one, which is letting people say what they have to say without interrupting them. Um, R&D, interrupting is kind of that habit. We're working on getting better at that. Um, but I try to make sure in the meetings that like, if, if someone has the floor and they're talking, you let them talk. Not that people can't have interplay back and forth, but make sure people feel like there's an opportunity for them to talk and then they're not being cut off. Okay, number three is a mix of genders. That when you have, uh, when you have all men or all women, uh, communication gets a little bit skewed and the, the overall uh, intelligence drops um, of the group. So what you want is, those are the three things. Uh, emotional intelligence, um, meaning be aware of how other people are feeling. That's kind of what that's saying is, be kind, you know, when other people are talking, get a sense of what, what's going on with them and how are they feeling. Um, don't interrupt. Let people have the floor and let them talk. And try to get a mix of genders into your meeting. Those are the three biggies. Uh, anyway. Um, okay, so you want to make sure that everybody in your meeting feels um, empowered and feels like, like... One of the things that I want to do is everybody in, in our meetings has a role. They're there for some reason. Um, for example, in design meetings, we'll have a representative from the creative team. Uh, their job is to oversee and make sure that we're matching what the creative is for the world. 
We have a representative from the development team. They're making sure that what we're doing is developable and you know can be done, can 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 be something we can do. Um, we always have somebody from uh, the design team just to make sure we have enough sort of design muscle to get the job done. Um, so it's important. One of the things we do before every um, design starts, we have a one-on-one with each person on the design team. And the role of that meeting, it's a short meeting, it's like a half an hour, is just say, here's what I expect from you in the meeting. Here's the role that I expect you to play, and here's what you are contributing. And that's really, we didn't always used to do this, but it's really important because what it does is it makes sure each person understands what's expected of them and what, what they're supposed to do there in the meeting. Um, and one of the things that's important is not just to let them know what you expect them to do, but what you also don't expect them to do. For example, a lot of times when I'm talking to my creative rep or my development rep, um, I want them to design cars, I want them to do as much design work as they can, but they're not there to do the brunt of the design work. You know, They're there to fulfill their role and do as much of design as they want to do. It's not that I, I in any way, dismissive of doing design, but the expectation of them is not to be doing the brunt of the design, so the pressure's off. If they have homework and they can't quite get it all done, or, you know, that there's a little less expectation on them to be doing all the design work. We have, we have a lot of our designers that are going to do the, the, more of the heavy lifting. But as much as they can do, and I, I love when, like, I love when members of the representatives are able to do a lot of cool stuff, and a lot of the great designs come from uh, development representatives and creative representatives. But it's, it's nice early on to explain to them, look, the main role you have here is this rep- you're a representative to represent the thing. That's the most important thing. Now, secondarily, hey, you're on the design team. I want you to design things. Um, but you, know, you want to make sure you understand where the pressures are on and off. So once you set expectations, then when you start the meetings, you want to make sure that um, people know their individual roles and the team knows its overall role. Now, another thing that's really important is you want to make sure that your um, design meetings or your, your meetings, um, I put down fun here. Um, and what I mean by that is you want to make sure that it's enjoyable, that you want the people to have fun with one another. And one of the things that I make sure to do in my design meeting is we definitely goof around a little bit. We have some fun. We make jokes. There's a lot of laughing. It's important to me that when we do design that the people are having a good time. Now, designing is fun. I, 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 luckily, we're doing a meeting where what we're doing inherently is a fun thing. Um, but it's a, it is a lot of work. Um, I think sometimes people think about, oh, it'd be awesome to have a job working in R&D, that'd be so much fun, and it is fun, but it's also a lot of work. And no matter how much fun something is, work can get daunting, it's a lot of work. Having a blank piece of paper and ending up with a card file, and, and you know, mechanics, and, and, and a mood, and a tone, and everything that requires of a handoff, that's a lot of work, and your team has to produce that. So one of the things you want to make sure that you're able to do is... Um, create a tone for the meetings that makes it enjoyable and fun. And another thing that's really important is sometimes when you're goofing around, um, so like my favorite book, I'm sure I've mentioned this many times, my favorite book is a book called The Whack on the Side of the Head by a, by a man named Roger Van Eck. And he, one of the hypotheses of the book is anybody be creative. The reason you're not creative is there's 10 mental locks that you keep yourself, that you know, you inhibit your own creativity. And the idea is, if you recognize when you do this, you can be creative. Just got to stop yourself from not being creative. Um, and one of the big points he makes in the book, and multiple times, is that a lot of being creative is not 
stopping yourself, is not saying, oh, I can't do that for reason X, Y, or Z. Um, and so a big part of trying to set up a team is making sure that everybody feels comfortable enough to try things, you know? Because one of the things is a lot of good ideas start as bad ideas. A lot of really good ideas, like a bad idea can be a stepping stone to a brilliant idea. And, and not even necessarily it's a bad idea, just an unworkable idea. You know, a lot of times, for example, like in Innistrad, I said to my team, I want to make werewolves work. Here's what I need. Here's the d- demand I need. They're humans. Something happens. The humans become werewolves. Something else happens. The werewolves become humans. That I wanted them to change dates. That's what a werewolf was. And I said, let's figure out how to do that. How do we make cards that go between two states? And Tom LaBilly came to me and said, hey, in Duel Masters, we do these cards that are double-faced, two-sided. There's two, you know, a front and a back, cards on both sides. And I've talked about this. I was skeptical, but I knew that we would learn from it. Now, it turns out it was practical. The thing that seemed impractical was practical. Sometimes that happened. But sometimes you go, oh, well, you learned something. Maybe if, you know, you suggest something that doesn't into itself work, it leads you down the path of something that will. And so one of the things is you want to make sure as a leader for your team that your team is open to exploring things. Now, another really important thing, I talked about this in my podcast on the different stages of design, uh, different parts of design, is you want to make sure you understand um, where you are in your process. Meaning, uh, as I explained before, iteration speeds up as design goes along. That early on, you might spend three weeks talking through things before you have a play test. Where by the end of design, you have a meeting or so, and then you're going to play test again. You're play testing every week. Your iteration sped up. And so you want to make sure you understand where you are in the overall picture because you are marking for your team what you are doing. It is not your team's job to understand the bigger picture or how things are coming together um, in a meeting-by-meeting case. I mean, you want to make sure they understand what's going on. You want them aware, but it's not their job to monitor exactly how things are happening. That is your job as the team lead. And what you need to do is you need to make sure that you are constantly letting your team know what is being accomplished and what you're doing. Like I said, I think it's very, very important. I think we, like, um, when you write, one of the things they, they have you write is uh, a thesis statement. And the point of a thesis statement is to introduce to your reader what it is you're about to talk about. It's very important. Hey, hello, reader. In fact, look at my column. I always start by saying, it's whatever. We're going to talk about this. This is what we're going to do today. And the first paragraph is just telling you what I'm going to do. Meetings are a lot like that. You need your thesis statement of the meeting. When you walk in and say, here's what we're going to do today. Here's what is going to happen. Um, another very common technique I use is what I call the to-do list, which is we will have a meeting where we, we talk through a play test or we figure out how something went. Then we write up on the board everything we have to do that comes out of that talk. Every time we come up with an agenda item, I just write it on the board. Um, I'm a big believer, by the way, that having something in the room you can write on is pretty important. Every single room, or pretty much every single room in Wizards has like a whiteboard. It's pretty important. Visually, I, I'm a big fan of, of visualization of stuff, being able to write things up, have people see things. I, I think that's really important. Um, sometimes, even when we bring papers to meetings, I still want to write things on the board. I want everybody looking at the same things at the same time. Um, and it also allows you to organize things in the way you want to organize them. Um, I think as you're brainstorming, just... It, Anyway, I'm a big fan of having something you can write on right in front of you. Um, But anyway, the the idea of the to-do list is as we come up with ideas, as we 
you know, talk about what we're doing. Um, I really, really enjoy uh, generating lists, and then you, we literally, go, I mean, we, ju- we jump around the list. Um, another technique, by the way, that's very important is that you, you do not want your team, you want your team to feel as if the team is accomplishing things. Not you, not the individuals. So one of the things as a lead is I always go last. Whenever there's any kind of input, whether it's creative input, whether it's feedback, that I always go last. And the reason I always go last is I want, if there's an important point to make, I would rather somebody else make the point than me. If there's, a, if there's important feedback, or if there's something that even if I know the feedback, I know the thing, if somebody else on my team can provide the feedback, it makes it feel like the team is making decisions um, that you, if you always go first and you always speak and you're acting on what you're doing, and a lot of what you're going to do is acting on, I mean, you're the lead, you're going to have a general sense of what you want to do, but the more you can get the team to feel like the team is coming up with things and you're reacting to them, and, and a really good trick of that is just go last. Just talk last. You know, and if somebody else makes the point you, you were going to make, I mean, it's okay to sort of go, I agree, but, um, you know, let it be okay. Go, you know, that's a good point. John made a good point. Mary made a good point. That um, part of being a team leader is fostering a team confidence and a sense of a team accomplishment. And that is very, very important. That, um, let me talk a little bit about what we call emotional investment, which is you are going to put extra energy in something that you feel emotionally connected to. You know, you will go the extra length for your child because it is your child. And creative endeavors are a lot like your children, that when you make something, you are very possessive. It is your thing. And what you want is you want your team in a creative endeavor to feel like the thing, it's their thing. It's not your thing. It is the team's thing. The team has made it. The team has generated. And the reason that's so important is when you feel mostly connected, when something that you've bonded with, you are so much more willing to invest time and energy. That if you want to get the best work out of your team, you want to make them feel it's personal and it's theirs and connected to it. And there's nothing you can do that will get the team more motivated and more excited than having them have emotional investment in the overall product. And that, like I said... It's really, really important. You want to establish a good camaraderie between the team. You want to establish roles between the team. And you want to establish that... um, Well, here's another really good tip. At the end of every meeting... So, in in writing, you always start with a thesis statement. And you end with restating what you've done. In fact, teaching is the same way. I'm going to teach you this. I teach you it. I've just taught you that. Um, The same thing. At the end of a meeting, let reinforce what you've done during the course of the meeting. Make sure the team walks away going, wow, that's what we accomplished today. You know, you want to walk in the meeting knowing what we're going to do. You want to walk out of the meeting knowing what you've done. And, and this is important, um, people feel good when they get recognition. It is very important when you're leading a team to tell the team that they're doing good work. I mean, I'm not saying lie to them. When they do good work, get, get them to do good work and then acknowledge that they've done good work. Um, and that you want to reinforce and you want to make sure that as the team is doing stuff that you, you, they, as a lead, you know, people look to the authority figure for, um, approval. That is just, starts with mommy and dad and continues all through your life. That is important if you're being an authority figure and the team lead you are, that you're providing approval. 
that you are making clear what you expect, and then when they accomplish that, you're letting them know that. That, that is very, very important. Um, and like I said, the when you are creating a team, what you're trying to do is you want the team to, as a whole, understand its role, be possessive of what it's doing, be proud of what it's doing, and have a harmony in working together. Um, so that's another big thing about team thing is make sure the goals of your team align with each other. If two people have goals that contradict each other, you're going to create conflict. Um, so that's, for example, why I'm not super big. I want to acknowledge people did things, but I also want to be careful not to like keep a checkboard of who did what, or I don't want to make a competition between my people. You know, I, I don't want my team to feel competitive between themselves. You know, it's okay for the team to feel sometimes competitive outside. The team's going to do well against some outside metrics. That's okay. Um, but you don't want your team being too competitive within itself. You want your team to all feel like it's working together. Um, another important thing is make sure that your team understands that it is not a democracy. That is not the role of that. When I make a team, it is not that I, I do not make every decision something the whole team you know, votes on. Early on design, I used to do that, and I realized the problem was that you don't end up with the best results through whatever the most people agree with. That is not how you... The way you get really good design is having strong vision. Now, part of that is setting the vision so the team's all on the same page, but another part of it is you as the lead are the final word, the final say. You actually, you know... One of the things I say when I... The very first meeting is I say to my team, look, you are here, we as a team are going to make this, but let me stress, we are not a democracy... I have final say that if I believe something's correct, I'm going to do it, and I will always explain to you why I make my decisions, and you are always free to question my decisions up to a point, but I will be making decisions. You know, I will be the one that's the final say, and I want input from the team, and I will ask for input from the team, um, but it's important that the team understands that... Um, even if majority wants to do one thing, if I have a lead think it needs to go a different direction, we'll go in a different direction. Um, and it's really, really important early on, and like I said, the very first meeting, to establish that. Um, I also think, by the way, that um, you want your team to look up to you as the lead as, you know, if they're not sure of things, you want them to look to you as the authority to, make, to, help, to help make many decisions. A lot of times in trying to solve a larger thing, you need to figure out what you're doing uh, in, the, in the micro level, and that they look to you to say, help us, can you give us some role or some guidance? And that when the team comes to you and asks, that's important that you can give them clear and concise guidance. And that's another big thing about being a team lead is a lot of um, options will present before you, but you need to, you as the lead need to keep making decisions. Part of iterating is going down a path. And sometimes there's multiple paths, and what you have to do as a team lead is figure out which path you're going down. Now, be aware, sometimes you'll pick a path that's the wrong path. You will have to go back and go back down another path. But that is better than not picking a path. Um, a real common mistake sometimes I see on, um, I see with my um, uh, design leads, people that I oversee as a designer, is sometimes people are a little afraid to commit to a decision. Like, oh, option A, B, and C, all are good options. Maybe we can continue playing with A, B, and C for a while. And early on, you can play with A, B, and C, but at some point, you got to pick A, B, or C. you got to say, okay, we're doing A, or we're doing B, or we're doing C, and drop the other ones. Uh, and like I said, even if you find out that it's wrong and you have to go back, 
that you will get more accomplished than if you just don't make a choice. And part of the lead, part of your role, is very much making that choice. It's very much trying to decide um, what, what is the next step you want to take. Because one of the things about design and iteration is you want to keep moving forward. You want to keep making advancements and changing the file directed toward where, where the end state is. Now, like I said, I, I'll stress once again, that doesn't mean you can't make mistakes. It doesn't mean you can't learn things and backtrack some. It doesn't mean that when you go down a path, you can't go down a different path. But it means you have to commit and try things. You have to commit to trying a path. Because the only way you will learn if something works is committing to it. Trying a little of everything doesn't teach you what you need to do. And so it is very important that you are able to do that. Um, and so as a team lead, having the ability to make the hard decisions is very important. And getting your team to see that you're making the hard decisions is also very important. You want your team to look up to you. You want your team to believe that you, know, you are the authority on the topic you're doing. Um, now, like right now, it helps a lot. I mean, when I lead a team, you know, like I said, it, it's, I've been doing it 20 years and I'm, I'm leading my 23rd or whatever design team. It's very easy for my team to go, I have some confidence. He's done, he's done quite a lot of this. Um, but even when you are, are newer at it, you still want to make sure that your team has a sense of confidence in what you're doing. Um, and part of that is making sure they understand your vision because if they see your vision and see what you're trying to do, it, 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 it uh, definitely gets some sense of confidence from them that you know what you want to do. Now, are you the team lead ever unsure of things? Yes. Should you ever communicate that to your team? You can to a point. You can understand when you're not sure of something, you can talk to your team of how you're trying to figure something out. Um, but you want to make sure that your team has a sense that you have a larger goal at hand and be, you want to be a little bit careful. You want your team to always feel like you, you, you know when the next step is coming. And even if you don't always know when the next step is coming, you want to create a sense of confidence for your team, and that's important. Okie dokie. Well, that, my friends. Uh, so, like I said, I hope today was uh, informative. Um, leading teams is definitely something that requires a lot of different skills. There's a lot of people skills. There's a lot of process skills. There's a lot of organizational skills. Um, but when it all comes together and you're able to do it and you're able to sort of produce something, um, it is real fun. It is a great being, it is great running a team and, and watching your team accomplish something. I mean, I think back to all the designs I've done and how proud I've been of my teams that we just made some really awesome kick-ass designs. So, but anyway, that, my friends, is everything I have to say about leading a team. But I parked my car, so we all know what that means. It's time for me to end my drive to work. So instead of talking magic, it's time for me to be making magic. See you guys next time.